Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV Cafe. Hopefully you've got a good coffee, something strong, keep you up here, or maybe a decaf. I'm doing green tea today. I'm in a green tea kind of mood, which I don't think I don't think uh, I like as much as coffee, but I, I hear it's good for you. So a little green tea here today. And uh, man, we've been going through, we're now on Genesis 3. And in Genesis 2, you remember, we capped off with Adam and Eve not being ashamed. And we talked about how that, you know, is really something that God has intended for us to have, that lack of shame, that wonderful fellowship with him, that that um, innocence, that childlike innocence. You know, when I was a uh, babe in Christ, when I was converted, but certainly not uh, aware of all uh, really what the Bible had to say. I couldn't put into words what it felt like to just be around the brethren or to go to a good revival meeting or have fellowship, you know, those sort of things. I couldn't put into words, but I kept thinking about it. And the best way I could describe it was like childlike joy, you know, that, that kind of free, that joy where, you know, you don't have a care in the world. That's what it's like having fellowship with God when you realize who he is, who you are, how good he is, how much he loves you. Amen. It's nothing like it. And so we talked about not being ashamed. And here we turn the page to Genesis 3. And the very first verse of Genesis 3 tells us about the serpent. Genesis 3.1. We're going to spend a bit of time here on Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Asking that question is a question mark. And so what we're going to do here is we're going to break down uh, Genesis 3.1 a good bit as we come back from the break because there's a lot there in that one verse that really gives us a lot of the DNA of who the devil is and not how he's just messing with Eve back then, okay? Not how he's beguiling and tricking Eve and ending up tricking Adam back then, but how he can trick and beguile us today. And there's a lot to learn from just that one verse and what a striking contrast to that verse is from Genesis, uh, the last verse in Genesis 2, where they're not ashamed, amen. What a striking contest. You got uh, contrast. You got Genesis 2, uh, 25, and they are both naked, the man and the wife, and we're not ashamed. Everything's good. Genesis 3, 1. Oh, there's the serpent. So we're going to get to that. Uh, hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. Amen. Thank you for tuning back in. Here we are in Genesis 3, 1, and we see it introduces the serpent, which we know is the devil, right? And we're going to go through some notes about that. So now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. So the first point here, who made the serpent? God. Who made the devil? God. And so 
Something that many people don't know is that God made the devil. By him, all things are made. There's a great psalm that came up, I believe, um, on my phone yesterday, I think it was. It's a daily verse about how if you're in heaven or hell or out on the waters, no matter where you are, God's there. Because it's true. He made everything. And so we see here very just kind of, you know, nonchalant, easy to read over, right? Easy just to, gla- you know, glaze right over. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made, which the Lord God had made. He made them all. Amen. And therefore, what I want you to understand here today is that the devil is God's devil, that the devil has no power over God. Conversely, God has all the power over the devil. See, God made the devil. He made everything right? He made hell. He prepared hell for the devil and the fallen angels, not for man, because his wish and desire, his heart's desire, as I understand it, is for all to be saved, to all to come to repentance. Amen. So he he made heaven for the believer and hell for the devil, but he made it all. And so the the idea, yes, you can go deep in thinking about, well, what does that mean that God made the devil? And yes, you can go very deep there and probably come up with some questions that are hard to answer, I'm sure. But on a pure, simple level here, understand that God is sovereign. So like if you think um, you're saying being attacked by the devil, right, you can always pray to God because God has power over this devil because God created him. Amen. So there's nothing that God doesn't know. And there's nothing that happens that God's not aware of. I've heard it said many times, there's no surprise meeting in heaven. Adrian Rogers used to always preach that. Uh, He's gone on to be with the Lord, but he'd always preach. There's no surprise meetings. There's no emergency meetings in heaven. Amen. You know, you're in a company or at a school, all something happens. There's an emergency meeting. You know, there was a bomb threat in Shelby last week at, at, I guess, Shelby High School or one of the high schools there. Uh, My brother-in-law was telling me he's in law enforcement. Hey, you know what? They probably have a meeting, a surprise, an emergency meeting this week the administration to talk about what are we going to do about the bomb threats coming in? What are we going to do? How do we protect the kids? They were surprised by it. They have to look into it as anyone would be, but not God. He's not surprised by anything the devil does. And so while we see this serpent come in, realize um, uh, the uh, there was a brother from Moody, uh, Moody Bible Institute, uh, and it's on the tip of my tongue. I'm trying to think his sermon was, uh, God's devil. And, uh, man, that was a great, he had a series on that, uh, God's devil. And, um, man, that his name is on the tip of my tongue. And I'm going to have to think about it. Erwin Lutzer, Erwin Lutzer. Okay. I just Googled it. Erwin Lutzer. He wrote a book, God's devil, the incredible story of how Satan's rebellion serves God's purposes. Look that up. Erwin Lutzer. I, he's got podcasts. He's got a book on this, and I used to listen to his uh, messages when I take our eldest to school before he got a license, because our two young ones are homeschooled. Our eldest, he didn't want to be homeschooled. He's too old for that, he said. So uh, I would take him to school and listen to that. It's a phenomenal series, phenomenal book, I'm sure, on how you know this 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 enemy of ours is really in full submission to God. And he'd hate for you to know that. The devil would hate for you to know these full submission to God. So when things befall you and things happen, remind yourself, he made all things. All things were made for him and without him was nothing made. He is sovereign. He even made the enemy. Okay. So I could go on and on about that, but I think you get the idea. And it's just important for us to understand. To me, it's a relief to know that God that I serve has all power even over the enemy. 
and even over the enemy that would have way more power than I do, right? As a frail, broken human being, okay? As a beggar, as a lowly beggar, as someone that really is just made out of the dirt, nothing special. Well, God has power over those that would try to afflict me. And God is sovereign. And so Romans 8, 28 says that all things work together for those that love the Lord, those that are called according to his purpose. That's me paraphrasing. I'm not looking at the actual verse, but that's what it says roughly. So if God is calling us, we are responding, we are living for him. The devil can't touch you anymore and God will allow him to. Okay. All right. So that's good news. Now, the next thing we see here is this word subtle, subtle. We see here in Genesis 3, 1. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. Subtle. You know, you got to, when you're studying the Bible, you got to park it and say, hmm, why is a serpent called subtle? Because it says he was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. He was more subtle than any other one. That's really interesting. What does subtle mean? Well, I looked it up for you and I've got, they, you know, when you look something up on a definition, a lot of times they'll give you two or three kind of like definitions. So I pulled the first three I got because they're perfect in describing our enemy, the devil, especially of a change or distinction so delicate or precise as to be difficult to analyze or describe. Hmm. His language expresses rich and subtle meanings. So delicate or precise as to be difficult to analyze or describe. Think about that. You, you know, it's hard to figure out what he's up to, right? He didn't approach them with fireballs and, a, you know, a weapon saying, you better eat this fruit, right? No, he just kind of crept up there very subtly, subtly. Here's a second definition of a mixture effect, delicately complex and understated. Delicately complex and understated. See? So even though this serpent wishes nothing but to kill, still steal, and destroy, which is nothing wishes nothing but death and destruction, wishes wishes nothing but perversion and lies, he shows up as a friend. He shows up as someone to offer advice. Isn't that interesting? I mean, think of your life here. Third third definition here, making use of clever and indirect methods to achieve something. And the example would be, he tried a more subtle approach. Oh, clever and indirect, you know, to achieve something. What was Satan's goal? To get man to fall into sin. And there seemed to be some kind of arrangement there, and I don't exactly understand it, but if the man ate that forbidden fruit, as which he was not supposed to do, then the devil's gets the keys to this world. Now all of a sudden he becomes the prince of the power of the air, the little G-God of this world, okay? He has a season to reign over this world. By the way, when you see people that, that are lifted up in this world, you wonder why would God lift them up? They're so ungodly. Maybe God didn't lift them up. Maybe the little G-God of this world lifted them up. Think about that. So this subtle, subtle serpent comes along with a trick up his sleeve and tricks man tricks man into doing something that they should not do. The subtle serpent in your life to keep you from being saved, the serpent will try anything and everything he can. You know, Christians are boring. They're lame. They ruin the fun. They're hypocrites, right? So to keep you from being saved, the subtle serpent will do anything and everything he can. 
To soil your near conversion, the devil will tempt and lie. This isn't real. Don't give up that sin. Life is too short. You're not that simple to believe in this. And you got to think about, you know, five steps ahead because you're dealing with an enemy that's already thinking in that direction. And in the next episode, we're going to get to Matthew 13, where Jesus addresses some of this in a parable. But for today, I want you to think about this idea that number one, the devil is made by God and God has all power and control over the devil. And the devil is essentially used by God, okay, to kind of flush out what's going to be flushed out, right? Uh, You could say, oh, the devil brought COVID about, for example. And then you'll talk to a pastor. Often pastors will say, COVID kind of, in a way, separated true believers from people that really weren't because there was remote church and all these other things where some never came back, right? And I know some people have true afflictions and so forth that they can't come back. But for the most part, it was kind of like someone was there for whatever reason, and then this came about. Well, say the devil did that. Again, the devil's serving God's purpose. God's coming back soon. The rapture is going to occur soon. God's saying, let's just go ahead and show who's for real, right? And that's one way to do it. And by the way, I know COVID killed a lot of people, and a lot of people went home to be with the Lord. Maybe that was the time that God had appointed for them to come home to be with the Lord, which, by the way, they're doing much better than we are if they're with the Lord. They're in heaven. They have gotten rid of all of this broken world and their broken bodies, and they're now living with the Lord uh, forever. So whatever the example is, the devil is uh, not over God. God's over him. God has all power over him. And the devil's incredibly subtle, and he'll use his subtleties to trick people into sin, into despair, into death, into destruction, and to get them as far off from God as he possibly can for as long as he can because of his subtlety. And our defense, to kind of give you the end at the beginning here, our defense is always God's word, prayer, faith in God. God's word, prayer, belief. God's word, prayer, belief. These things over and over again is how we fight. That's our two-edged sword, amen? Old King James boys sing a bluegrass song, devil's not afraid of a dust-covered Bible. That's exactly what that song says, and that's scriptural, amen? Once we're in the word, once we're close to God, we realize he is our strength, and he is sovereign, and he can and will overtake our enemy. Tune in next time as we get deeper into Genesis 3.1. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow. Same time, same place.